0: Let's pray together. Father, we, as your servants, come before you today. We have heard the message of the Lamb who died for our sin. The Lamb who paid our debt. God, we have heard and we love the Lord Jesus Lord, who died for for us sinners. Oh God, thank you. Open our eyes this morning, Lord, as we come into your word. Help us to hear what is true. In the name of Jesus, we ask this. Amen. Amen. Her hand dipped into a giant bowl full of little slips of paper, it was time to pick a name for what was called the Hunger Games. You may have read the book or seen the movies, it was popular ten years ago or so, and as she dipped her hand into the bowl and picked a name, the name was Primrose Everdeen as a young girl who had to fight to the death and was forced to by the uh, tyrannous government of this society. And as her sister saw her name was picked, she panicked for a moment in great fear that her sister would die in this gruesome competition. And her sister, named Katniss, stood up quickly and said, I I will take her place. I will take her place in the death match. What causes someone to take the place of another? What causes someone to be so crazy in their mind, to bypass all sense of protection for their own life, and it is, it is love, and as we see love this morning proclaimed, demonstrated by Jesus Christ, love is not alone though, there is something that is attached to love that, that would send Jesus to the cross, or send a sister to die for another sister, and that is courage, Because love is is the underlying motivation, but courage is that which makes you overcome the difficulties, the hardships that take place in the path of life. It's time for new leadership. And that's where we pick up here this morning in... Joshua. Moses has faithfully led God's people, but it's time for new leadership. And God's plan moving forward was without Moses, their faithful leader. And as I think through how this applies to us, I pray that God raise up. Even out of our own congregation leaders, young men, young women who will take this church to the next level, the next stage. And that's what happened here in Deuteronomy. And so if you have your Bible, I would invite you to open up to Deuteronomy. I uh, will be in Joshua primarily today. Uh, If you haven't been with us, we have been studying through a four-phase understanding of what the Bible is. It is creation, fall, redemption, and kingdom. God created the world with a purpose, with an end in mind. Humanity chose to not pursue God in his goodness, to not walk by faith, but chose to eat of the fruit, chose to rebel against God at Meribah, chose to rebel against God in the wilderness and God continually is offering life in this tree of life but over and over the people humanity is choosing other things ultimately what we understand the bible is teaching is that the ultimate redemption comes in the tree of life that is a living man and his name is Jesus Christ and this tree of life is offered to all who would believe in him and who would be willing to say I trust you lord I will walk away from my own rulership and authority of my life, and I will follow Jesus Christ, the Son of God made flesh for us. This is, he is the tree of life. He is our redemption. And through him, we have entrance into God's kingdom. That is the story of the Bible. We we read stories over and over in the Bible of how that happens. If you have your Bible, please. Turn with me to Deuteronomy 34, verse 9. As new leadership is in the plan, as it is time for passing the leadership torch, as it were, from Moses at the end of Deuteronomy to Joshua, the next leader, the leader that can do the next phase of the project. The scripture says this, and Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. For Moses laid his hands on him, so the people of Israel obeyed him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. Moses had faithfully led the people of Israel for around 40 years, give or take a few years, and it was time to move on. And the Lord chose a man named Yeshua, Joshua. A man who would lead them to the next phase, and filled him with the spirit of wisdom, because leaders need wisdom. But as you imagine, anytime there's a transition, you guys know when things change in an organization, when things change in a family, when things change in a church, there is anxiety and fear. It's hard. Because the unknown is what brings us anxiety. It brings us consternation. It brings us a sense of, I don't know if things are going to work out well. And, and some of that is brought on by history. Because things didn't turn out well at one point for us in the past. We think, am I going to go through that again? This morning we'll look through the word of what Moses gives to the people and what Joshua likewise gives to the people. And so today I ask you the question. Today I ask you the question. Do you have the courage to trust God no matter what he brings to pass? Do you have the courage to trust God no matter what he brings to pass. And this morning, by the end of our time, I hope that we answer this question. Why? Why should we have courage to trust God? We begin this morning and uh, in a bit of review. And that review says something like this. It, it is, why did... Why were the people of Israel kept out of the promised land for 40 years? Because as we remember, they leave Egypt. God leads them out. They come to the the precipice, as it were, the entrance into the promised land. They send spies in, 12 spies. They come out. The spies bring back word. And we pick that up in Deuteronomy 1. We read from 20 through 32. This is Moses talking and he says, and I said to you, you have come to the hill country of the Amorites, which the Lord your God, which the Lord our God is giving to us. See, the Lord your God has set the land before you. Go up, take possession, as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has told you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Then all of you came near me and said, let us send men before us, that they may express explore the land for us and bring us word again by the way which we must go up and to the cities which with which we shall come and this thing seemed good to me and i took 12 men from you one man from each tribe and as and they turned and went up to the hill country and came to the valley of eschol and spied it out and they took in their hands some of the fruit of the land and brought it down to us And brought us word again and said, it is a good land that the Lord, our God, is giving us. It is good. Yet, you would not go up, but rebelled against the command of the Lord, your God. And you murmured in your tents and you said, because the Lord hated us. He has brought us out of the land of Egypt to give us into the hands of the Amorites, to destroy us. God has all of a sudden become the bad guy. Where are we going up? Our brothers have made our hearts melt, saying, The people are greater and taller than we. The cities are great and fortified up to the heavens. And besides... We have seen the sons of Anakin, giants there. Then I said to you, do not be in dread or fear from them. For the Lord your God who goes before you will himself fight for you. Just as he did for you in Egypt before your eyes in the wilderness. And in the wilderness where you have seen how the Lord your God carried you. As a man carries his son all the way... That That you went until you came to this place, yet in spite of this word, you did not believe the Lord your God. You can see back in verse 30. What Moses tells them is this, the Lord your God who goes before you will himself fight for you. The fight is God's fight. Fear overwhelmed them because people were taller and walls were tall. In the eyes of people that do not see God, obstacles seem great. Challenges seem insurmountable, walls seem high and people seem tall. Forty years being afraid of the tall people. Forty years of wandering because they were afraid of tall people and tall walls. As we read Joshua, as we read Joshua, we see this 11 chapters in. For it was the Lord's doing to harden the people in the land, their hearts, that they should come against Israel in battle. So they're in battle. Israel has been fighting the people in the promised land for probably uh, five years by this time. In order that they should be devoted to destruction and should receive no mercy but be destroyed just as the Lord commanded Moses. God had a... Plan and a purpose for Israel to judge the nations, which took seven years. And Joshua came at that time and cut off the Anakim, the tall guys, the giants, from Hebron to Deborah to Enab, and from all of the hill country to Judah. Joshua devoted them to destruction with their cities. I want you to notice forty years of wandering, And being afraid of the unknown was written about in one narrative verse that they conquered every giant that they faced. I want you to consider that, church. The giants, the fears that kept people out of the promised land to their death. The fears that kept people wandering for 40 years doesn't even get a full verse to tell how God overcame those giants. It was almost inconsequential and such a minor thing that caused 40 years of greater trouble. Let me put that into an application sense for you. There are fears that we often face in life. There are fears that I have today. That if I do not walk in faith and trust and obey God, His calling and His work, that I can do innumerably much more damage by walking in fear than I can in trusting God and what He has. Does that make sense? God knocked out the giants and it's 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 a it's not even doesn't even have a title in your Bible. It's just part of the narrative. He did it. And that one thing caused an entire generation of people to die in the wilderness. God calls us to be faithful to do his work. To do his word and to trust him to do his part. And God said, I will fight for you. And that wasn't enough for people who don't put their faith in God. Am I making any sense? My encouragement for you, church, is trust God. Trust God. And I know it's difficult at times I do but faith overcomes fear and faith avoids consequences in our lives for faithlessness if you're dealing with or next time you come up against a, a an instance in which you 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 fear, you doubt, you think making this compromise will be the better thing for me, I encourage you to come back to this story of Joshua and come back to the giants and see what happened for those who trusted God against the Anakim and the tall walls in their lives. Now... A call for courage prepared them for the land. I have several verses I'm just going to read to you. The word of God speak, may he speak to us this morning. Deuteronomy 31. The call for courage prepared them for the land. This is before this next generation went in. There was a call for courage. Deuteronomy 31, 1 through 8. So Moses continued to speak these words to all of Israel. And he said to them, I am 120 years old today. I am no longer able to go out and come in. The Lord God has said to me, you shall not go over this Jordan. The Lord your God himself will go over before you. He will destroy these nations before you so that you shall dispossess them. And Joshua shall go over at your head as the Lord has spoken. And the Lord will do to them as he did to Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites. And to their land when he destroyed them. And the Lord will give them over to you. And you shall do to them according to the whole commandment that I have commanded you. Be what, church? Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. For it is the Lord your God who Who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Y'all remember those words? Who else said something like that? I will not leave you or forsake you. Oh, yeah, that was Jesus when he was giving the command for the kingdom of God to go forth and bring the gospel message to tall people and fortified walls. I mean, to godless people and people that don't believe. Verse 7, then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him and all the side of Israel, be strong and courageous, for you shall go with this people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers and give them, and you shall put them in possession of it. It is, it is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. They're being prepared to do the work that God has called them to do. Let's continue and move now forward a bit to Joshua chapter 1, verse 5 through 9. Listen to it again. The word of God calling out courage. No man shall be able to stand before you in all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Joshua, only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left, that you, might, that you may have good success wherever you go. Verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from you, your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Obedience leads to success is what the Lord is telling Joshua. Have I not commanded you? Help me out, church. What does he say? Be strong strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For for what reason? Here's my question I want to ask us, and as we read through the Bible, we have to ask questions or we don't get it. Why? Why? Why are we supposed to be courageous? You think back to The Wizard of Oz. I don't know if you've seen the movie or not. Most of you probably have. There was a cowardly lion, right? Remember him? When anybody would stand up to him, he would pull back in fear. Remember the lion? He sang a song, a silly song. If he were king of the forest. Something like that. In the movie, he just had to muster up courage to do what what he knew he could do. Why have courage? Is it just because we're a lion? we're strong we're able we're smart enough we're good enough every time the speak the scripture speaks of being strong and courageous here it points to something that isn't of Joshua And it isn't of the people of Israel. Tell me, church, where does that courage come from? Do you see it? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Look, my, my hope this morning, my job this morning is not to convince you of my opinion, but rather to try to teach. This is what the Word of God says. We have courage and we have strength. When we are doing what God has us to do. When God is with us, it is different. And this is where I come up personally upon the scriptures and say, do, do I really believe what the Bible says? When I want to turn and run, when I am afraid, when I have fears or doubts. Do I believe the scripture? I can stand up here and and explain it and teach it and preach it to you guys. But do I believe it? Isaiah 41.10 says this. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The answer to why we shouldn't fear is because it's not because we have good friends or we're really smart or we have lots of good wisdom or power or authority. The answer is we should not fear when God is with us. The courage comes from faith in our God, not from hope in ourselves. If I can illustrate that, let me continue uh, through Joshua. Acting in courage allowed them to take the land. So they were prepared with confidence in God, with an instruction, trust God. But until they acted in that courage, it didn't happen. They could not accomplish what God had called them to do. The generation prior did not act in the courage of trusting God's presence and turned around and went the other way. As the new generation comes, they are called to a city with high walls. And you know the name of the city as what? As Jericho. The greatest fears were faced right when they walked up into the promised land and it was the walls of Jericho. Joshua chapter 6. This is a truly crazy mission in the eyes of any army. Put your weapons down, get your trumpets out. Insane. Now, we can sit back from our perspective and go, well, it worked out. That's all you had to do, guys. Come on. But, but when you're given a trumpet, the perspective's a little different. You want me to do what? Blow a, a what? win? Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hands with its king and mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all of the men going around the city once. Thus you shall do for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. And on the seventh day you shall march around the city how many times? Seven times, times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, you shall hear the sound of the trumpet. Then all the people shall shout with a great shout. And the wall, that dreaded wall of the city will fall down flat and the people shall go up Everyone straight before him. Continuing in verse 8, the people believed God, watch this, and just as Joshua had commanded the people, the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Lord went forward. And what did they do, church? They blew that trumpet with the ark of the covenant of the Lord following them. A crazy task. but a people obedient to what God had called them to do. A lot of times the Lord doesn't want it to make sense to us. He just wants us to obey. They acted with courage. The generation that did not see the ten plagues Acted with courage. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit, Wayne. For seven years, the people walk in obedience to what God has called them to do. They take city after city after city. And let me read to you from chapter 11. For seven years, this generation believes God. And it wasn't perfect sailing. You have the the loss at the Battle of Ai. and, And you have Akan and his taking of things and walking in disobedience. But all in all, the Lord finishes his purpose with the people of Israel. And we get to Joshua 11. So Joshua took all the land, the hill country, the Negev, and all the land of Goshen and the lowlands of the Arabah, and the hill country of Israel, and its lowland from Mount Halak, which rises toward Seir, and from Baal, God, in the land in the valley of Lebanon, below Mount Hermon. And he captured all of their kings and struck them and put them to death. Joshua made war a long time with all of those kings. There was not a city that made peace with them With the people of Israel, except the Hivites, the inhabitants of Gibeon, which they were tricked into. They took them all in battle, for it was the Lord's doing to harden their hearts that they should come against them in battle in order that they should be devoted to destruction and should receive no mercy, but be destroyed just as the Lord commanded Moses. Remember that promise that God made? that the land would be Abraham's and his descendants' land, guess what? Now it is. God is faithful to his promises. So let me ask you this. What does this have to do with us today? Right. So as the Apostle Paul does, lots of times there's, there's truth up front and then an application at the back of the letter. This morning, that was my hope. The first principle I want to share with you through all of this is be strong in the strength that God supplies. It seems crazy that a group of wandering wanderers can come into a land with Tall walls and, and tall warriors and defeat them. But God did it. And friends, I want to uh, commend our church. It seems crazy that a small church in the middle of the bayou can put on a, a, a passion play. And church, God did it. He stirred you To do this, God did it, and He used you, and me, and all of us. Ephesians 6 says, finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of His might. Be strong in God's strength that God gives because He's strong. The context of that, of course, is the spiritual battles that that take place. And and often it's those spiritual, those emotional, even the mental things that, that are so hard for us. Those battles that we fight. But the Bible teaches us, fight the battle on your knees. Be constant in prayer. Learn what the Bible says, that God is able to fulfill any of his promises and they will not fail. I know some of you are going through difficulties in family. Some of you are going through difficulties at work. With other church members, with with friends. Be obedient to what God's Word teaches us to do. Trust in the words that God has given us to love Him like we looked at last week. To love our neighbor. Let me give you one Biblical example of this. Second Chronicles chapter 17. Y'all, y'all know Jehoshaphat, right? More than just a funny name, Jehoshaphat was what? He was jumping. He was a king. Jehoshaphat reigned in his place and strengthened himself against Israel. He placed forces in all the fortified cities of Judah and set garrisons in the land of Judah and all the cities of Ephraim that Asa, his father, had captured. The Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the earlier ways of his father David. He did not seek the Baals, but sought the God of his father and walked in his commandments. And not according to the practices of Israel, which was evil at this time. Therefore, the Lord established the kingdom in his hand, and all of Judah brought tribute to Jehoshaphat, and he was great. Verse 6, watch this. His heart was what, church? It was courageous in the ways of the Lord. He battled all of the non God followers and he took down their places of false worship. If you're battling, if you're battling, trust God. On your knees, trust God. He is faithful. Be obedient, don't compromise, and be courageous. Let me let me make one clarification, if I may, as we finish this up today. Let me make one clarification. We have confidence in God's promises. But there are times when we have our own opinions, our own feelings, our own desires. As I share with you, church, I want to share with you to be very clear that that my. Our courage is not to be in what we think God is telling us. Or what we think might be the best thing. Sometimes those things get conflated, and we have opinions or strong opinions that we feel are what God has, but they may just be our opinions. So as I'm calling you as a church to confidence, it is confidence in what the Lord has given to us, that if we love God, that He will redeem our soul. that if we love our neighbor. That God is pleased with that. That if we delight ourselves in the Lord, he will give us the desires of our hearts. That if we trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding, and all our ways acknowledge him, he will direct us. That if we call on the name of the Lord, that we will be saved. That if we call unto the Lord, then he will hear us and answer from heaven. That if we go and make disciples and baptize people in the name of the Father and Son, the Holy Spirit, we're doing what the desire of Christ is for us. We have confidence in every command that God has given to us. That those are the things that God has called us to do and we can put the bank on it. There are times and things that we do that are not necessarily promises of God. And I want to be very clear to you. I have seen people walk away from Christianity because they said, I felt God telling me this. It didn't happen. And therefore, God is not trustworthy. I've seen it multiple times. God is faithful to his promises. God clearly commanded joshua what to do they clearly did it god fulfilled his promise to abraham god will fulfill his promises in christ to us as a church and as a people of god that everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved and so this morning the last thing i share with you is this if you don't know the lord jesus christ if you have never called upon the name of the lord just as the lord had had commanded death and destruction to those who had rebelled against him in that land, he will bring death and destruction to all who do not humble themselves before Jesus Christ the Lord. This is what the scripture says. It is a promise of God. It is nothing to hide, to be ashamed of. It is that God is against those who reject his Son. Those who do not humble themselves and enter the kingdom of heaven. If you're in that place today, I want to warn you and tell you there is great destruction ahead of you according to the promises of God. But I also want to give to you the truth that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, help me out church, will be, will be saved. And there is salvation. You are under the preaching. Of the word of God today. You are hearing the word of God today. That you can be saved. From certain destruction. If you will call upon the name of the Lord. Humble yourself before him. And cry out Jesus save my soul. I I surrender to you. I follow you. Receive me. If you do that today. And for all of those who, who are here. Who have done that. The land, the promised land, the eternal promised land of God is for you. Walk by faith as they did, as they walked into the promised land so many thousands of years ago. Let's walk by faith until the kingdom come in its fullness where we are today. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the message of courage. Strengthen us, Lord, to trust your word. And when you give us trumpets, may we believe that when you give us your word, may we have confidence. And Lord, bring us, bring us faithfully to your presence. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.